0: How could you not? Rush Limbaugh, dead at the age of 70. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. The announcement coming on his program by his wife, and I'm here to tell you, I have no concept or clue how Catherine Limbaugh was able to do this. This was the announcement as it happened on the show this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Limbaugh.
1: Hello, everyone. I know that I am most certainly not the Limbaugh that you tuned in to listen to today. I, like you, very much wish Rush was behind this golden microphone right now, welcoming you to another exceptional three hours of broadcasting. For over 32 years, Rush has cherished you, his loyal audience, and always look forward to every single show. It is with profound sadness I must share with you directly that our beloved rush my wonderful husband passed away this morning due to complications from lung cancer
0: I mean that's how they opened today I uh, it is it is just not possible to think you're gonna go about doing a day of radio and somehow Just mention it and move on. It doesn't get mentioned and moved on. This is the story of how of how a conversation grows. I'd mentioned that I I've been asked to to write a piece, my thoughts on, on 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 what it is. What it is that made rush work for so many right on the idea of his his legacy well and a legacy happens because well you you do something that that connects and and gets shared and and i i have been writing throughout the show i i've i've been you know i've been what was it multitasking that's it and what i i realized that i've written Is that what liberals hated most about Rush Limbaugh? Is what conservatives loved most. Rush Limbaugh was having a good time. Rush Limbaugh was having a good time. It can't be denied. He was laughing, he was smiling. There was comedy bits, there was. He would laugh out loud. Oh, the hate and the vitriol sent his way, and his answer was, wait, where's a good joke in here? My brother, the good Dr. Katz, has an expression that I just love, and I'm only mad that I didn't come up with it myself. There's nothing that makes the prisoner more unhappy than seeing the other man walk free. When we take a look at COVID... And you see the people who want to keep things shut down They want to keep the schools shut down and this and that. And then they see other people where schools are open and the people are, are, are out uh, at a restaurant and they're still, you know, they're, they're being smart, but they're out and living their life. Oh, does it make the prisoner angry? Why aren't you in lockdown as well? Why aren't you miserable as well? Why aren't you hateful as well? Man, it must have driven them nuts to see a guy that happy. This is who I am. These are my values. These are my principles. They're based on something that is rational and worthwhile. And I'm going to share them and I'm going to share them with a smile. And I am not going to worry about what you call me. Now, remember, it's not that you agreed with everything Rush said, because maybe you didn't. And it's not that Rush said everything absolutely perfect. You do that many hours of radio a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade. You might say something where you're like, man, I wish I had that one back. I've got a couple of those, but a couple. Not hundreds, not thousands, not tens. A couple. I would wonder if he did too. Could have said this better, could have said that better. Well, remember, he was so popular, so powerful, that any... Misgiving. Oh, that was the reason to attack. Oh, that was the worst thing ever. Oh, that was the destruction. Remember, he was a misogynist and he was a bigot and he was this and that. No, 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 no. He may have disagreed with you. But remember, disagreement in today's world, that's a capital crime. And when you do this gig, you got to accept the fact that people are going to disagree with you and they're going to take that disagreement and try to destroy you with it, to ruin your career with it. Which I find myself to be in a fortunate position of because I wouldn't have a career without Rush Limbaugh. The radio hosts you listen to today, whether they're local or whether they're national and talk radio, you would not have them without Rush. They wouldn't exist I, I'd be I'd be a barista maybe I'd be a lawyer but I, I get to do this <laughs> I get to share in these conversations and in these uh the, these ideas this this philosophy valuable and important and for me a a, a joyous treat day after day after day because. Rush Limbaugh had an idea and said, hey, let's go do this thing because he was doing it. And some people said, you know, we can take this uh, to a larger scale. And he said, let's go do that. And because when he was talking and pushing forth an idea or pushing forth a value or explaining a problem and someone said, oh, you're a bigot. He didn't cower in the corner. He probably looked at them and just kept on going. Laughed at how somebody called him a bigot for this or that or the other. Remember, they call you names all the time. And none of it is, is, is real. And he took some of the hardest stuff, personal stuff, personal failings. Or, 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 or things that have nothing to do with failing, but rather are sometimes a reality, like addiction. And people mocked him for it. Remember, people who talk about addiction were supposed to call brave. Oh, not Rush Limbaugh. Let's mock him for it. But he shared the stories. Giving what I think a host should give, which is of themselves. Share the stories. I got to admit, I'm not as good at that as I'd like to be. I'm more private. Than uh, producer Ari would like for me to be, than my program directors and others who work with the show would like me to be. I wasn't an I was not an avid listener of Limbo. I, I it just it it never was. I grew up in a, in, a, in a home with parents who who talked about important things, and that's where I was listening. And I wasn't turning on the radio. Some people didn't grow up like that. Conservative parents or parents discussing, uh, you know, things of uh, worthy things uh, weren't, you know, angry all, all the time. And for a lot of people tuning in uh, to Rush was, was was the opportunity to connect. Right. People who were, you know, whether by uh, uh, culture or by others left out in, in the cold, they, they had a, a place to come get warm and, and not be ashamed of who they were. Not be ashamed of their philosophy or their values, knowing that they're rooted in an underpinning of, of, of freedom and liberty. Very, very important things. I mean, that's what he did probably better than anything. He brought conservatism to millions, right? You take a look at William F. Buckley Jr., who remarkably well articulated the value of conservatism. Standing athwart history yelling, stop. Rush brought it to millions and brought comedy and, and empathy to it. He brought joy to it. And what is it? It's the idea that conservatism is not only fine, it's fantastic. It's not just smart, it's outstanding. It wasn't just about freedom. It in and of itself is freeing, not only the concepts, but the ability to say them out loud. I think that's what the left hated most about Rush. Same exact thing that conservatives loved most about Rush. that Rush was having a good time. He was having a good time. That's, people hate it when you walk free. Prisoners hate it when you walk free. Rush Limbaugh, gone at the age of 70. Godspeed and safe home. I'm Tony Katz. Well, I knew that Peter Beinart was an anti-Semite, but I didn't know this about Ben Rhodes. Holy cow. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. It's uh, Ben Rhodes, of course, who was the uh, deputy national security advisor for uh, President Obama and a guy who lied to create the Iran nuclear deal. He created the echo chamber in order to try and get that done. I mean, that's... That's who he is. That's one hundred and fifty percent who he is, right? Lied. Well, he's on this podcast hosted by Peter Beinart, and he's talking about Israel, and starts referring to the media in the U.S. as the pro-Likud media. That's that's something. To say that MSNBC and CNN are pro Likud party, Likud party would be Benjamin Netanyahu, right? A little more hardline in in the defense of, of of Israel. Pro the the idea that MSNBC would see itself this way is so unbelievably laughable, and that for Netanyahu, uh, he knew quote that not only could he kind of gin up the right wing pro Likud media in the U.S., which is pretty vast, but he also knew that if he needled Obama, he would create a week-long political story. I don't recall Obama being too pro-Israel. But he, he continues I wish the right would just say, we don't believe there should be a Palestinian state. We believe in the concept of a greater Israel. We feel sorry for the Palestinians, but they're just going to have to deal with it. That's the position of the Israeli government. Frankly, that's the position of the Republican Party, even if they're not honest about it. I got sick of hearing, I got so sick of hearing, Palestinians never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity, but when did we give them one? Okay, at that moment, you can put it down and say Ben Rhodes is the guy you think he is. Ask Arafat about when they got the opportunity. to Get the opportunity. Ask them about the opportunity when they decided to be run by Hamas. How in the world do you think you're going to have a multi-state solution, quote-unquote, or a two-state solution, with a terrorist organization? And that's what makes the Accords, the Abraham Accords, so unbelievably important, The Abraham Accords are so important, not because it's a deal with Bahrain or something like that. No, it's that it is a fundamental shift in the idea of how you move forward in the Middle East. And how you move forward in the Middle East is by not saying, well, we can't do anything until the Palestinian question is solved. No, no we got to do something because we can't live like this anymore. Let's recognize that. Let's do something. And then let's put pressure on those people who are making the lives of the Palestinians impossible, which is the Iranians, the Mullahs, the hardliners, and the clerics, the support of terrorism around the globe, including Hamas and Hezbollah. And then maybe we can get somewhere. They changed the whole mathematics. That's what the Abraham Accords did. That's why they matter so incredibly much. It changed the fundamental philosophy of how we look at the Middle East. No, you don't have to solve that question first. What you have to do is go about getting some relationships together. From there. From there. Let's see what else you can do and you can put together. But by the way, pro, proly could you add, are you out of your head? Out of your head. That's a, that's an incredibly, incredibly nonsensical thing to say. Like that's, that's actually a little bit. Take your breath away. We're still keeping our eyes on what's going on in Texas and the energy situation there. And we we discussed this earlier, that yes, uh, green by itself cannot power anything. But there's more than that in in the conversation. There's more than that happening down in Texas. You've got this incredibly cold weather, these freezing uh, uh, temperatures, And the wind turbines, they froze. And people are, of course, mocking it and laughing at it and and, and, and all these kinds of things. And, 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 and so they should. And absolutely so they should. But what they don't know is that the batteries that stored the power lost 60% of their storage capacity because of the cold. What they don't know is that the natural gas lines froze because they're not insulated. What they don't know is one of the nuclear plants that they have, one of the nuclear stations, went offline because the sensor froze. And if the sensor froze, it shut down everything. An incredible bit of safety protocol working there. A lot of things went wrong. It goes without saying. A lot of things went wrong but there's no doubt that the people who are desperate to have you rely on green green can't do it wind power cannot heat a nation can't heat texas can't do it and then you had representative acacia cortez this is showing how much more we need to invest in the green new deal it's it's childlike pablum it really is You cannot say we're going to do green and forego the rest. You need oil. You need coal. I didn't say you wanted it. I'm saying you need it. Don't you get the difference? You want green. You want wind and solar. I'm not telling you no. Go get them, Tiger. Go get them. But until you've got them and can keep people warm, you need oil and you need coal. That's what you need. Rush Limbaugh has passed away at the age of 70. The great Greg Garrison discusses his life and legacy next. I'm Tony Katz. We've been watching, sharing the news. Rush Limbaugh, dead at the age of 70. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. And as I've been saying, there is, it goes without question that I am impacted. I don't have a career without him. Uh, on, a, on a very, very macro level, inventing a a category for people like myself. But I never worked with him. Um, I never really shared a station with him. I never uh, spoke with him. One of the people who did is Greg Garrison? Greg Garrison, uh, the the lawyer, the longtime radio host, the voice of Central Indiana for a great number of years. Uh, you remember him from uh, from television news. He was one of the uh, lawyers during uh, the OJ trial. He is famous for being uh, the lawyer that prosecuted successfully the rape case against Mike Tyson. And for years, uh, graced the airwaves of ninety-three point one FM WIBC in Indianapolis, and is the reason I got the opportunity to grow at uh, this station. He joins us right now, and Greg, um, you you worked with him, uh, you 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 shared a lot of uh, a long history of being the one-two punch uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, your thoughts on Rush Limbaugh?
1: Much time you got? Thanks, Tony. Um, when I started doing night radio in, I think it was maybe '98. My producer Todd didn't know better. I get some of those dates get lost. Rush was already rocking and firing, and in, and in his way and directly, was having to. Continue to burnish the reputation of WIBC Radio at that time, 1070 AM, and it was because he was there. We, he was he was ours. We by the time I came to work for the station, Rush was already on noon to three every day, and he had just suddenly made something out of whole cloth. I get a text from Tony, you'll die. I a text from Todd Meyer, June of 1997, that I went to work for the station.
0: Todd Meyer, <laughs> your longtime producer God and you, still, still anyway, tied to the hip.
1: So um, <clears throat> we were already standing on our shoulders if we didn't even know it. Now, I don't know if there are people that tried to emulate him or to be him or to have half their brain tied behind their back just to keep it fair or any that stuff. I doubt it. And I would I would never have presumed to do so, plus I I wouldn't have been any good at it. Everybody's got their own style, their own delivery. But I can say at the same time that he was a tremendous inspiration. Because here's I'll get through this, I swear I will. He was the first guy since, I don't know, Truman, who who decided to to make a mousetrap that was crammed full of information and a, a patriotic fervor, and at the same time, just funny as hell. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I about driven in the ditch when I was going from you know point A to point B. And I had Rush on radio and he would he would be, you know, I know these people like I know every inch of my naked, beautiful body, or so crazy. Oh, is a glorious naked body? And all those things were just so emblematic of him. And what he did was he said to the rest of us, For crying outside, have a good time. Don't be afraid to, to, to love out loud to express your faith, but don't be afraid to on the other side and make them look as silly as they really are. And it's, I can't tell you how many, actually, as it worked out, I was nine to noon. Rush came on the air at noon. And this is until the last two years when you were around and we began to move things around as Rush, as we moved on from him.
0: All right, you can uh, blame me. I don't mind. That's, that's
1: it's, cool. it's, all the time that I was there, I came in right in front of him. So I used to tease his people. I said, I get to scoop rush every day because I'm on the air three hours before he is. And, and I got to meet him a couple of times and, and, and enjoy him. But the longer I was with him and the more I listened to him on my way back to my other job at the law office, the more I'd realized the man has, has distilled the body politic, religious faith, Patriotism and one hell of a great sense of humor. And it drove the left nuts. And if there's one tenth of one percent liberals listening to this show today, I'm not mad at you. I just am sorry that you didn't never learn how to have any fun.
0: Now, that whole concept. Uh, Greg, about having a good time, talking to Greg Garrison, a longtime radio uh, host, uh, worked with, uh, sh- shared the airwaves with Rush Limbaugh here in Indianapolis. That idea about having a good time, right? I- I- I'm writing a piece about this i was asked to write a, a piece about it and that that's the, the 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 story the very story of happy warrior and the only other person who comes into mind when there's a conversation about happy warrior is andrew breitbart yeah and and talk oh, about two people who were absolutely hated for no matter what they said
1: You know, Reagan said, and this is a paraphrase, but he said back in the middle of all the wars with the Democrats after he was elected in an acclamation, um, you know, they're going to hate me anyway. I'm just going to go ahead and do what's right. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And the devil take the hindmost. Rush did that. And what it turned out to be was a prescription for the best Radio broadcast product in the history of the medium, and and we have to recognize, of course, that with the satellites and all the things that are going on there, um, this particular medium done this way, who knows how long it's going to be here? But I can tell you that whatever form it takes, whatever it might be, radio next, you know, or call it something else. Rush's signature is going to be in there. He came to town at the invitation of the folks at WIBC and Mr. Smolian and company. And all invited him and, and it took, to come to a to a Colts game. And I'm pretty sure it was a Patriots game. And, and I, I know that we won the thing. Might have been Pittsburgh, but I don't think because Rush was such a huge Pittsburgh fan. I got to sit with him. And so one of these little parentheses, and you know about these, Tony, when you're right in the middle of hot lead flying in every direction in an entertainment community. And all at once I was sitting at a table by myself with Rich Limbaugh for
0: about 10 minutes. So, so you're, you're, I, I you're thought, at the game. You're, you're, you're sitting there. What was the conversation?
1: little football first. In, in the throes of a dreadful campaign that, that gave us Barack Obama. And this is a place where, see, nobody knew how, what a humble person he was. All that shtick was just that. And I still tease the Democrats, if you had a sense of humor, you wouldn't hate him so much. You know, have my brain tied behind my back just to make it fair. Does anybody think you believe that? My God, the men was... He was the essence of humility in person, but he, he leans across the table to me when things kind of got quiet and there wasn't much going on. It was in between all the pre-game stuff, and I said, "What do you? What's going to happen here?" And he said, "If if Senator Obama wins, they'll take down the Republic." And one need only look beyond those eight years and the four-year intermission with the evil orange man that they all hate so much. <clears throat> Joe Biden's just acting out the rest of the play, opening the borders, erasing gender differences, all these crazy things that would, no one would have believed even 20 years ago. But he was prescient enough to realize that we were on that precipice right then. I listened to him a lot of days whenever, you know, time would permit and I was in the car at the right time. And ever after that, I always had that image of him and how how powerfully serious he was and how motivated and animated he was by his, the love that he had for his country, for the republic, for the Constitution, for these things that are now passé. And he always And he never—he always did, and he never failed to spur me on to try to do a better job the next day when I got on the air to make sure that those few things, God, country, family, morality, and a good sense of humor, never got away.
0: Greg Garrison, uh, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time, and I appreciate you... Being available, and uh, you know, as 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 much as it is true, and I I said it uh, when I started, and and I continue to say it. I don't have a career if Rush Limbaugh doesn't start this world uh, that that we're in. But it it should be known, and it should be said. I I am not here if not for the 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 tip of the cap and the 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 nod and the wink say uh, of you saying to to Indianapolis and to. And to WIBC, our home station, the, hey, this guy, he, he's all right. He's going to do The hair is weird, but everything else about well, him.
1: Nothing's happened to change my mind, son. You're just fine. You keep it up. And thanks for letting me speak just for a moment to the, to the great one. I wrote today to Todd, and I said, the king is dead. Long live the king. Greg and Garrison. We, we owe it to him. We just do.
0: You're always a pleasure, man. It's always good to talk to you. Greg Garrison, thank you. More to get to i'm tony katz i found it hilarious when i saw that george conway the husband of kellyanne conway wanted you to know that uh that the lincoln project was dead or should be destroyed well that's wonderfully convenient john weaver of the lincoln project the lincoln project set up by real republicans who were going to save the republic from donald trump they became democrats it was a grift from beginning to end they took in millions of dollars kellyanne conway wants you to know that george conway never got a dime right it was all fine and good that you were working with a guy john weaver who was preying on young men trying to take advantage of them for political access you, you didn't know it was happening? Uh, maybe you didn't know it was happening. And now you want this thing to be gone. Oh, I don't know what. We're done with that. And a No, 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 no. No, we're going to remember the Lincoln Project. We're going to remember the hateful, hateful people, the con men, the grifters, the scam artists. Steve Schmidt and Rick Wilson, and Reed Galen, that punk, and John Weaver, and some of the names I don't remember, but don't worry, others do. Who went about absolutely scamming America, lying through their teeth about who they are, and enabling a predator. We're going to remember. Of course we're going to remember. It goes without saying that we're going to remember. You don't get to just... Push it to the side, George? No, 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 no. You were so proud of the work you were doing against President Trump. Oh, so proud. You don't you don't get to push anything to the side. We'll decide when you've had enough. Tony, are we using it against him? Using what against him? He was a proud part of this group. He was a proud part of a group that wasn't just opposed to President Trump, lied to people to get their money, and then supported and possibly covered for a sexual predator. See, to have a different philosophy than me is fine. To have a different philosophy than you is, is fine. To protect a sexual predator? Less than fine. We should argue that that is less than fine. And as for the statement President Trump put out about Mitch McConnell, I mean full on assault of Mitch McConnell. You you read that now, and you read the letter calling Mitch McConnell dour and uh he's business as usual and oh he's too connected to China and uh they can't win with a guy like like Mitch. You you know you know what you're left with? When you, when you read that, I wonder what Rush would have said about it. I know a lot of people feel that way. They do. Uh, I, I've been very clear, hopefully, that, you know, I, I didn't listen. I was doing my, my thing. Uh, but that's not a conversation or a question of respect. Rush Limbaugh, dead at the age of 70. Stage 4 lung cancer. It's been over a year. Over a year that he made that announcement. Um, uh, Talk radio is about to go through an interesting time. And so are your talk radio hosts. Support your local station. Support your local hosts. Support your national hosts. People are going to look at this as an opportunity to attack and to break. That's what they're going to do. That's what they've been waiting for. As opposed to saying the man made a difference in a lot of people's lives and meant something to a lot of people across the nation. Do not look at social media right now. The people who want to talk about unity and goodness and kindness and decency, well, um, they're. It turns out they're lying. Rush Limbaugh should be remembered for an entire milieu he created for some really great thoughts and for being willing to fight a good fight before anybody even knew what a fight was. You could only hope to have that kind of impact on the world and on your fellow man. It's a pleasure to do what I do. And I thank you, Rush, for the opportunity. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz today.